Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another Minecraft discussion. And this is a glorious morning here, actually. And my name is Kimberly Quinn, and I am very, very happy to be talking about uh, prioritizing solitude in one's life. I, I actually just had a, I did a similar but different uh, video cast out in the woods today. A friend of mine from Champlain calls them the magical woods, and she is right. They really are. And I was sort of uh, just inspired today by Sarah Von Bresnik, and she also uh, was inspired by Ralph Waldo Emerson, so he's like Mr. Solitude, right? And just how how it's so important to bring this quiet and this serenity into our lives, and we often have to schedule this because, you know, we are flying around like gerbils on crack. I mean, it's just how it is, and if it, if it isn't it's part of my daily routine because I'm fortunate enough to live in the country. And I realize that's not true for everyone. And some people might say they're fortunate, fortunate enough to live in the city, right? It's different strokes for different folks. And even if you live in an urban area, there are certainly ways to carve out that, that serene time, that, that solitude that we all need. I don't care how extroverted you are on the scale of extroverted. I'm like, love, love people. I get charged by being around people. And that, however, in the woods, don't want a crowd. You know, if we go down to Stowe, which is beautiful, it's about an hour south of here. It's beautiful. Of course, Stowe's known all over the world for being gorgeous. However, since everybody knows that, it's it's packed. So, I, you know, I love being around a lot of people, except not in my magical woods. No, no, no. So Sarah starts out uh, with a quote from by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he said, there are voices which we hear in solitude, but they grow faint and inaudible as we enter into the world. And wow, I mean, she obviously did her homework before she wrote her book, Simple Abundance, because isn't that the truth? And doesn't doesn't he say this so well? You know, we've got it all going on internally. How many times, even have we just been in the, you know, a hot bath or, or a quiet hot shower or you know, taken, you know, even somewhere that's not, you know, deep into the woods or something and the, and the whispers start to try to talk to us. Our inner voice starts to try to talk to us. Or even maybe just out in the backyard, we've got a moment of peace or even in Central Park, you can, you can find a quiet corner in Central Park in, in the Big Apple. And we start to hear, you know, ourselves talking to us about our lives and how it's going and what maybe what we're what we're kind of growing out of and maybe what we're kind of growing into. And the minute we kind of enter back into the noise, the whispers just, just fade away. And then, and then Sarah uh, sort of comments on this in this first little tiny bit she writes really is what inspired also with Ralph, of course, inspired me on my walk in the magical woods this morning. When Sarah said it's impossible to experience solitude regularly for any extended length of time without personal passions and authentic longings surging to the surface of our awareness. Once you have embarked on the search for your own authentic style, followed, followed the wisdom of your own heart and have seen the results begin to blossom in your life, you realize that solitude cracks open the door that opens two worlds, the life we lead today and the life we yearn for so deeply. You know, I know I've mentioned before that it, it's just, a, it, it doesn't cease to amaze me how when I start to listen to, you know, all the great thinkers and I've talked about Wayne Dyer and of course my good friend Oprah and uh, Abraham Hicks. And it's interesting 
that when, when we're when we're open and receptive, when we're in receptive mode, we're on the authentic path. We are growing by leaps and bounds, even if we don't realize it in this moment. It's amazing how the the words, the thoughts of different people of these great thinkers who are so tapped in, tuned on, and all that is what does she say? Tapped in, tuned on, and and something anyway, really plugged in to hearing our inner voice, you know, really in, in receptive mode, how it all, the, the, what other people are saying, really, it all gels. They're really saying the same things, you know, in different ways. And Abraham Hicks has talked a lot about your heart, actually Wayne Dyer too, about your heart's desire and how when we're in the moment, it doesn't mean we're not in the moment. We are in the moment because this is our now. And it's, it's sort of this inner conversation that we're having with ourselves when it's authentic. We're not talking about let our mind, letting our mind just go on autopilot with all kinds of thought chatter that just that's there is no bigger thief of life minutes than autopilot. We're not talking about that. We're talking about authentic in the moment, listening to that inner voice and having that internal conversation. It's just so genuine and divine, for lack of a better way to say it, whether you know, if it's universe or source capital S or whatever, that our heart's desire starts to surface. It just starts to surface. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to improve a relationship, maybe to get out of one, maybe to get in one, maybe to, maybe we're ready for something new at work and not even saying something's bad at work. Maybe we're just sort of, it's like kind of stagnant. It's just, there's no more growth or you're just plain bored. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be something huge that our inner voice starts to speak to us. You know, there, there's a lot more for you. There's a lot more for you waiting. And it's in the solitude, there's a direct connection to solitude and having whatever's waiting happen. Because if we can't hear our own inner voice, well, obviously, you know, whatever is trying very hard to manifest can't. And then Sarah says, we can all find ways to regenerate once we realize how essential solitude is to our experience of inner harmony. Tilly Olson, Tilly Olson wrote in her story, Tell Me a Riddle, of a woman who, quote, would not exchange her solitude for anything, never again be forced to move to the rhythm of others, end quote. I love that. Wow. While most of us probably find ourselves moving to the rhythm of others more than we would like, once we learn to respect and cherish our need for solitude, opportunities will arrive in which we can learn to nourish our imaginations and nurture our souls. Wow. I, wow. Here's, here's the thing, too. I like how she says, once we learn to, res, to respect and cherish our need, okay? And we could trans, translate this into or transfer this into other areas of self-care as well, Right. I love how she has respect and cherish. You know, I love the word cherish. Cherish is like a savoring for the soul. Just knowing, just just knowing ourselves and knowing that we are loved and 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 wanted to the party, you know, just cherishing and embracing ourselves. And then when we cherish and embrace ourselves, we certainly are better able to cherish and embrace other people. Here though, she's she's specifically talking about cherishing our need for solitude. Wow. I mean, that says put it at the top of the list, which also feeds into the whole concept of needing to keep ourselves filled up. We cannot give what we do not have. We cannot give what we do not have. And my dear friend Oprah says it frequently. And she's picture, she says, picture a cup of tea, of water, of cranberry juice, of whatever. Picture that right up to the top. That is what's for us. 
our cup is full. That's for us. Whatever, whatever overflows out of the cup, now that's for everybody else. You know, and then the rest of that sentence after cherish our need for solitude is opportunities will arrive. Uh, just right there, opportunities will arrive. That means the abundance of the universe is landing in our laps. That's what that is saying. In which we can learn to nourish our imaginations, nourish our imaginations. Even Einstein, who obviously valued knowledge, valued imagination more. Okay? And then she says, learn our imaginations and nurture our souls. Nurture our souls. Not take a look, take, take, take a peek, sit next to, admire. Nurture. That means I picture, when I think of nurturing, I think of uh, actually being a young mother and breastfeeding. I also picture any kind of you know, uh, rubbing a child's back or a partner's back, bringing a partner or child or family member, best friend, some warm chicken noodle soup when they're sick and putting on a warm blanket and maybe putting on an, a, a mindless something for, you know, movie for them to watch. Nurturing is just such, it's love amped up by hands-on attention is what that is. Nurturing our souls. And then Sarah tells us, she says, begin slowly but resolutely take comfort in knowing that even stolen moments of solitude quarter hour increments eventually can add up to a lifetime of serenity. Be patient. Don't expect too much too soon, especially when rearranging your schedule means dealing with your family's expectations and what you're supposed to do and when you're supposed to do it. Be patient. And um, I, I like that. And of course, as, as many of you, if you, you know, listen to previous episodes, you, you will be, you know, used to me saying that uh, the good Lord tossed a lot of gifts into my gift bag as I entered this earth. And patience is not one of them. So whenever I, whenever I read that with anything that's sort of directing me to some, something, you know, self-care oriented, I just take a big deep breath. Okay, it's time to practice patience once again. Practice patience once again. You know, and uh, Sarah also sort of referred to um, even stolen minutes of solitude. That just makes me think is that's I totally get that. And at the same time, it sounds kind of crazy to me because our life minutes belong to us. This is our most valuable, our most precious commodity is our life minutes, if you think about it. Right. So stealing these, I guess, seems like breaking into your own piggy bank, like telling yourself, I'm just buying five dollars from us or something. It's just kind of. Strange, though it can feel like that because the world wants to break into our piggy bank of life minutes, and it does because we allow it to, right? It gets the, the world is constantly breaking into our bank of life minutes. So, in a sense, I guess we're kind of taking them back. We're putting up a big old boundary. Stay out of my piggy bank of life minutes. Yeah. And then Sarah ends with she says, um, and for those days, maybe even today. When you don't have a moment for yourself, take to heart the advice of photographer Minor White, Minor White, that's an interesting name, Minor White, who discovered that no matter how slow the film, spirit always stands still long enough for the photographer it has chosen. So I'd like to thank all of you for listening. I hope hope that you got something out of today's conversation about prioritizing solitude in your life. You know, I was just having a chat with my Minecrafters this week 
a little bit different context, but very similar is, you know, last anybody checked, this is our only go around here. You know, life is not a dress rehearsal. This is a big game. So prioritize yourself, nurture your spirit by prioritizing solitude in your life, even if it's just five or 10 minutes. And I guess that's it. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.